If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. What is up, guys? We're going to start off with the news about the NFL. Yeah. Um, I say we start with Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, we're going to start with the Jadavion Clowney move, which Mason is actually a Browns fan, so you can go first. Yes. So... It's here's my thing. What are the Browns gonna get out of Jadavian Clowney? <clears throat> yes, he's he's had like flashes where he's been good. I mean, his run with the Texans, but last year his, he had 14 tackles. Yes, he was injured, but my thing is, what are the Browns gonna do to change what he did last season? Because will this injury come as a problem in his future Browns games with the Browns? Um, like, what else is – what's benefiting the Browns from this deal? Uh, I totally agree with you. In my opinion – I'm a Steelers fan, by the way. In my opinion, I think Jadavion Clowney is going to be really dominant, especially uh, matching up against uh, – across from Miles Garrett. Them two are going to be very dominant. They could they could possibly be the best duo pass rushers in the NFL at one point. Probably top five, if I'm going to yeah, be honest. Uh, I think Jadavion Clowney can back, get back to his Pro Bowl ways, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I need to try to find the article. But, uh, yeah, it's – and it's not like it's an expensive contract either. Although it's one year, he's Jadavion, Jadavion Clowney. And, yeah, like I said, the Browns could have the best pass rush in the game. I mean – I also want to add that with the Texans – he had J.J. Watt line up across him, and he was really good. And now he's on the Browns. He has Miles Garrett. If you think back when he was on the Titans, he had no one. Yeah. He really had no one. And if you go back to when he was on the Seahawks, he had no one either. So I feel like he he needs to have someone else across from him really good for him to dominate. Yeah, and uh, Eric Ebron on Twitter, he went ahead and said, I have been playing Clowney since high school. Uh, <clears throat> safe to say I'm tired of his A-H-H, which is meaning ass. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I mean, yeah. I think anyone in the past game would get scared of Clowney. He's one of the, if, he's one of the best pass rushers in the game when he's at his potential. Totally agree with you. I feel like we're on same turns on this one. Uh, next, going on to Julian Edelman's retirement. What are your thoughts? So, 
I want to talk about his Hall of Fame potential. Uh, I've had people say that he is not in the in the Hall of Fame. Uh, they're just stupid. Okay, I'm just saying it. Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer. I do not care if you don't like him. I do not care what you think about him. He is a Hall of Famer. Um, I believe because... he's a Hall of Famer too. But you also gotta look up. You gotta look at his uh, comparisons. Yeah, uh, for like Donald Driver, he isn't in the uh, Hall of Fame, and he deserves to. He has had much better stats than Julian Edelman throughout his career. Yeah, but my thing is, Julian Edelman is a multi-time champion, number one, multiple Super Bowls. He's won a Super Bowl MVP. And, I mean, I can't say personally that he won't be a Hall of Famer. This man... No matter how long it takes him, he will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's all I have to say about it. Totally agree with you. I totally agree that Julian Edelman should be in the Hall of Fame, but I also do think that Donald Driver should be in there. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're done with that. Now moving on to the James Conner deal with the Cardinals. Okay, I want to speak first. All right, go ahead. So... James Conner, we all know the story, okay? But it, I think it's come to an end. Conner, let me look up his stats real quick. Okay, last season, he had, in 2020, with the Steelers, he had 169 attempts, 721 yards for an average of 4.3 yards yards per carry you may be thinking okay that's pretty good he had six touchdowns and he's their number one running back look at i mean he had now the browns have to play him two times a year so i've seen what he can do if if he doesn't, he's not a tough running back. He's not going to push in there and just bulldoze people like Derrick Henry. He needs a good offensive line behind him, and he, he just kind of sacrificed himself. I totally agree with you. I'm a Steelers fan, so I have a lot to say about this. I'm so glad as a Steelers fan we got rid of James Conner. I believe, I, I believe that Benny Snow is better than him. And Jalen Samuels. Jalen Samuels is a really good receiving back. And Benny Snell actually runs. He will run into someone and truck them. Uh, yeah. James Conner, he just dances around. He hesitates like he was Le'Veon Bell back in his prime. Even though he's not, not even close to him. Yeah. I'm a Pitt college, fan as, Pitt college football fan as well. He is the most underrated college running back in my books. Of all time. Actually, not of all time. In the past 10 years, he's the most underrated college running back in the past 10 years. That's me. I'm a Pitt and Penn State fan. That's just how I feel. I'm so glad we got rid of him, though, because in the NFL, he was 
he was not what his potential was supposed to be. Yeah, I can agree with you on that one. I'd just like to say something about Benny Snell. People argue he has one of the worst running abilities in the league, and I agree. Like, he's one of the slowest running backs. Yeah. But, like, if Derrick Henry was slow, he'd still be good because he can truck people over. And another thing I'd like to say is I think Pittsburgh is glad they could get rid of Connor because now they have a pick to the point where they can draft one of those top three running backs, Najee Harris. And I think that's who they're looking for is Najee Harris. I think even if Pittsburgh really thinks that he's going to be on the board in at, like after they have a pick, they have the 24th overall pick, I think they may trade down. Like they may they may mm-hmm. trade for like a sec, an early second round pick to one of these top teams just because oh yeah, if we don't get Najee Harris, I forget the guy from Clemson and uh Travis Etienne yeah, that guy, yeah, Travis and uh, the guy from North Carolina. Uh, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Yeah, all four of those guys have just as much potential as Najee Harris, so I can see Pittsburgh trading down in that case. I never really thought of them trading down for an early second-round pick. What I thought was they keep that first-round pick and they go get an O-lineman. Our O-line is falling apart. Mike Pouncey's gone. Andre Villanueva is falling apart. The only really dude we have is uh, David DeCastro, and he's falling apart as well. So I think we take an offensive lineman in the first round. And even if Najee Harris is gone, there's so much more running backs. There's so much more good running backs in this draft class. We could take one of them. Yeah, so what? I, that was my thing. They trade down for like a second like, an earlier second, like, maybe pick 10 in the second round and, like, a fourth or a fifth round pick because there's teams who are going to want people. Like, say, like, we'll we'll say, like, uh, San Francisco may want a guy who's not going to be there when they have their second pick. So it's going to be, like, are they desperate enough to give away, like, a fourth or a fifth where O-linemen, good O-linemen don't, go early in the draft if you know what I mean like of course there's good O-linemen who go early but a lot of good offensive linemen don't like don't get drafted until like the fourth or like you know what I mean like yeah that's a position where they'll always fall just because of their usage yeah, I agree with you for with the O line falling down to the fourth. But you gotta look at Mackay Becton. Uh, the Jets took him last year. He was really good last year. I think he was probably the best rookie O lineman. Him and Jedrick Wills Jr. were really good. I um, liked uh, Tristan Wirfs. Uh, yeah, Tristan Wirfs was probably the best. I forgot about Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Wills, and um, Mackay yeah. Becton were probably. They were three really good O-linemen last year. Yeah. Really, the, really surprising to see three really good O-linemen come in the same draft class. Yeah, that's not something you often see. Yeah. Or when you do see it, they don't develop until they're at an older age. Yeah. Um, Going on to the Sam Darnold going to the Panthers. Um, I'll go first now. I'll go first this time. 
Um, I think this is actually really good for the Panthers. I think Sam Darnold is still a decent quarterback. I just think he was in the wrong um on the wrong team at the wrong time. He had no weapons and obviously Adam Gase was probably one of the worst coaches in New York Jets history, if I'm gonna be honest. He um, is. Yeah, he is. Um I think this is actually really good. He gets to go get paired up with Robbie Anderson again, which those them uh, that connection was really good back in New York. Um, he also has DJ Moore. They don't have Curtis Samuel, which he's on Washington. We'll talk about next. Um, your your thoughts? So yeah, it's gonna be like a Baker Mayfield type situation, just a little bit later for Darnold and Mayfield. We'll consider this. Darnold's quote-unquote first year when he went 2-14, and 14, like Baker's first year, he did we'll, – we'll consider – so he's having – he just had a down year because coaching, just like Baker had a down year last year due to coaching. I mean, Darnold, I can see him being de- developed to a decent quarterback. I mean, look at his stats previously when he actually had targets. In 2019 with the Jets, he had 19 touchdowns on 13 interceptions. Not the greatest, but definitely not the worst. Especially on a team called the Jets. I also think that the Panthers in the draft should either trade up uh, to get Kyle Pitts, because they have really no good tight end, if I'm being honest. Their line's decent. I'm, I'm going to say their line's pretty decent. Their defense is horrendous. It's either they keep the same pick and go for Michael Parsons, a uh, linebacker out of Penn State, or they go and trade up for Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. So, talking about Kyle Pitts, we'll move on to that next. I have some thoughts on Pitts. Um, we can just talk about him. <clears throat> Kyle Pitts, I think if he falls, he's if he falls to lower than three, it's just game over almost. Because unless the Falcons are willing to trade that uh, that first pick that they have, the number four overall pick, uh, they're gonna draft Kyle Pitts. Because, yes, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Hunter? No, no. Hayden Hurst. Hayden, Hayden Hurst. Hurst. Yeah. He, he's not – he's a good – he's decent, but he was never great. And I think <clears throat> I think Kyle Pitts, in my opinion, he could come out and be a rookie of the year caliber. Like, I, I think he could be one of the best tight ends in the game if they develop him correctly. I agree with that. Um, I'm actually going to get real quick into the Curtis Samuel with the Washington football team. I think the Washington football team, this is a great move. They did another receiver next to Terry McLaurin um, because they had no receiver next to Terry McLaurin. That's the, that was their only problem. They needed a l- better quarterback, which they got Ryan Fitzpatrick, which he's really old. I think they're going to try and go for actually Ian Book in like the fourth or fifth round if he can drop. Um, yeah, they need a receiver next to Terry McLaurin. 
They had no weapons at all. They had Logan Thomas and uh, Terry McLaurin, and that's about it. That's Cam Sims um, had an amazing game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which really disappointed me. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about that, though. Um, but he was the most inconsistent player, most inconsistent receiver, probably in the NFL, even though I think he should deserve a little bit more recognition. Rec- Recognization, but he was very inconsistent. Your thoughts? So, last year, oh, sorry, uh, Curtis Samuel, he had 77 receptions for 851 receiving yards. That is very good, but he had three touchdowns. And I don't think they put Curtis Samuel at wide receiver two. I think they throw him in the slot where he's comfortable. He played it in uh he played it in Carolina. And if you're seeing that Ryan Fitzpatrick may start, he's n- he's not the guy that's gonna chuck it down the field more than twenty yards. He's kind I mean Fitz magic, baby, but he he's similar to Ben. He he, he can get out of the pocket at least, because Ben can't do that. But he can he can't throw like Ben or him used to. Cause he's at an older age. So I think you throw Curtis Samuel in the slot and then he's kinda like a tight end. He's just a safe almost like a safe like a last resort or like a safe throw for uh Fitzpatrick. I agree with you. They should put him in the slot, and they should put um Cam Sims out on the right, uh, across from Terry McLaurin, and um, their defense. If they can get their defense is a top ten defense in the league, in my opinion. If they can get their offense going, they're they're a um nine and eight team. I'm going to be honest with you. If they get a good quarterback and they got a receiver like um, Curtis Samuel, I believe that they can start winning the NFC East, start being in uh, NFC East battles with the Dallas Cowboys, which I think is going to win the division this year. Um, Yeah, I think they can make the playoffs for a couple years if they get a good quarterback and um, another decent receiver. I can't disagree with you on that one. Marcus, I think that's a very good look. But one thing is, I think it'll be, <clears throat> I think the Cowboys will go nine and eight, and I think the football team will go ten and seven because, ooh, I think it'll come down to like a last matchup between the two or something like that, where it's gonna be like, like we're both nine and. Not, not, whatever, nine and seven, and whoever wins, or something like that, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one, but I have it opposite. I think the Cowboys are going to go 10 and seven, and they'll go. And I can see, I can see either or. Yeah, I can see either or as well. Um, next episode in the uh, NFL column, we will talk about free agency signings and the latest news. Now, on to the NBA. What is up, guys? We are now moving into the NBA category, and we are going to first talk about um, LaMarcus Aldridge retiring. Um, 
I'll go first. I think it's a safe move worrying about your health and family over basketball, especially at his age. Um, he had a great career, really great career. He was probably one of the best mid-range shooters maybe of all time, if you want to put it that way. Um, definitely a top five mid-range shooter of the past 10 years. Um, your thoughts? So this kind of makes me sad, actually, because – I, I, we both play basketball, Marcus and I, and we, or at least I, I center my game to playing around these powers forwards, like LaMarcus Aldridge and uh, Zach Randolph. That's my playing style. And my thing is just, these are, these are guys that I grew up watching in the NBA even though he, I only started watching like five years ago, he was still in his prime while I started watching. And it's just like you're wa- you're going to see a lot of these guys retire. And it's, I mean, in about the retirement, yeah. I, I mean, he could go down as one of the best Brooklyn Trailblazers or Brooklyn Trailblazers, Portland trailblazers of all time one of the best san antonio spurs of all time i mean and i think uh portland should retire his number he's a great player and it's sad to see him go but worrying about your health is more important yeah uh definitely i'm really sad even though I don't really focus my game on power forwards. I focus them on point guards and shooting guards. It's very sad news I saw during school today. And, yeah, it's very important to worry about your health and family over basketball. Um, Moving on to Luka Doncic's buzzer beater last this night. This is nasty. That, that, that was nasty. That, that was insane. I was watching that game live, actually. That was an insane shot. It it just goes to show how good Luca is. Is all I can say. I mean, everybody hits these shots, but yeah, there's not um, much you can say on this because I mean it. It's a buzzer beater, and yeah, and it's Luca Doncic. Yeah, I mean, of course. Um, comparing this to the one he get hit against the Clippers in the bubble last year. Even though the one last uh, in the bubble was more important um, shot-wise, this was definitely a better shot, you know. I don't even think he thought it was going in, to be honest. He just threw it up because he was getting double-covered and there was like two seconds left. Um, Luka doesn't have that much um, athleticism either. He's He can dribble. He can um, create space. But if you want to see him do some Kyrie Irving-type dribbles and James Harden-type step-backs, even though he's one of the best step-backers, I think James Harden beats everyone in the NBA with step-backs by a mile, maybe two. Um, He's not that athletic, and the way he can create space with that not much athleticism is very impressive. Um, Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I can agree with you. I mean, he's not the most athletic guy. I mean, 
I mean, what else can I say? You summed it up. But another thing I'd like to talk about is uh, Jamal Murray injury. Let's yeah, that was um, look just like Derrick Rose's injury it in the did. playoffs against the Philadelphia 76ers. It did. I hope it doesn't turn out how uh, Derrick Rose's did and how his career turned around. But it looked yeah. very bad. Um, and being a Knicks fan, I know what happened to Derrick Rose because he was—he's been on our team twice, once currently. Um. Yeah. Um. I mean, I feel like Jamal Murray at the time, he was one of the most overrated players in my books. Um. Yeah. Him and Trey Young were the most overrated point guards in my books, but this is sad because he was still a good player. Um. He was um. The bubble master, as people say, him and Donovan Mitchell. Um, I hope this doesn't affect his career really badly. Yeah. Um, another thing I would like to talk about is uh, <clears throat> thoughts on, like, awards going out this year for NBA. So, like, the MVP and Rookie of the Year? Yeah. Um, MVP? Uh. I'm going to have to go with the Joker. And because of that, I don't think LeBron should even be in the conversation, even though he's not healthy. If he was healthy, I didn't really see anything impressive. Well, he's obviously impressive. It's LeBron James. He's the second best player of all time um, in my books. Um, but compared to these other players, um, I think Joker deserves it. And honestly, if Embiid didn't get hurt, I have Embiid winning it, but just because of health reasons and stuff like that, I either have I have it going between James Harden and Nikola Jokic. You, you're picking Jokic, right? Yeah. Well, my pick's Harden. Okay. Listen, I'm a Knicks fan. I have to deal with the Nets more than anyone. It's the battle for New York. Um, and I just got. Freaking Kevin Durant shoes in Nets colors, so I'm not biased. Well, I, I I don't know, but my thing is, Harden. He's, I mean, what you gotta look at is what he has he been averaging. Let me check. I know it's close to a triple double. Uh, I think he's averaging a double double right now, close to a triple double. Yeah. He's averaging 20. Remember, he's on that super team with Kyrie and KD. He's averaging 25 points a game, 8 rebounds, and about 11 assists a game. And he's a guard, averaging 8 rebounds a game. Yeah, him and Luka are probably the best rebounding guards. Him, Ben Simmons, and Luka. And I'm sorry, he's also shooting 46% from the field. Okay. And he has 50 steals and 30 blocks. Yeah, that's a, that's very, very impressive. Um, Honestly, I think he's the best player on the Nets this year. Um, yeah. Some of you guys might say Kevin Durant, but when he was injured, they were still winning games. Mm-hmm. They were still winning games because of James Harden. Kyrie Irving's my favorite player of all time, but he wasn't doing too much. It was James Harden and, honestly, Blake Griffin. You yeah. know? him, James Harden and Blake Griffin 
James Harden was just throwing lobs to him the whole time. Like, almost the whole time Katie was injured. Um, Kyrie was still doing his thing, but I yeah. think James Harden's the MVP of that team. Yeah. And second in the race for MVP. Um, Before we go on to any other rewards, I want to bring up something. Um, Stephen Curry passing Wilt Chamberlain in all-time Warriors points. Yes. Yes, yes. He's um, first now, right? Yeah, he's first for the Warriors. He deserves it. That's all I can say. Yeah, he's 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 without a doubt the greatest warrior of all time. Yeah, he's the greatest warrior of all time, legacy wise. Skill wise, I'm gonna say Wilt Chamberlain. But Stephen Curry is the best shooter. Stephen Curry is the best shooter of all time. All yes. Yeah, of all time. He's the best warrior that has legacy. The best warrior skill, I don't really know who, who else other played. Probably KD, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, but Stephen Curry has the most legacy for Warriors. He deserves it. He is the best shooter of all time. He's been going – he he has to carry almost every year other than when Draymond Green was still in his prime. Clay, Clay Thompson was staying healthy. Um, and KD was on the team. I mean, now he's – I think they're actually eighth or seventh seed now. They're on a four-game, five-game win streak, something like that. They moved up to the seventh seed. They were like the tenth or eleventh seed. I think they were the tenth seed for a little bit. They moved up to the seventh. That's very impressive in my books, especially with like one. They're the nine seed right now. They're the nine seed. Mm-hmm. They've won three in a row. But here's the thing: their last, their division. Have, they're three and seven in their division, so yeah, the, that division's hard though. Like yeah, they got the Lakers, the Clippers. The only really bad team in that division is the Kings, which De'Aaron Fox has been going absolutely crazy lately. Yeah. Um, going back to the awards, um, Rookie of the Year. Who do you think? <laughs> so there's really three options here. I. I personally don't think Lamelo will win it because he's injured. Yeah. So what I'm looking at is it's hard. I mean, you got to look at guys like uh, Emmanuel quickly. Got to look at a guy like uh, what Halliburton. Yeah. But right now, I think Edwards takes the cake. I very, I agree with you on that one. Um, I think the top three should be Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, and I'm gonna be honest with you, Emmanuel quickly. And I don't even think Emmanuel quickly is the most underrated rookie, even though he's really underrated. I think the most underrated rookie is Jayshon Tate for the for the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Actually, I know the Houston Rockets are one of the worst teams in the league, probably the worst in my in skill, not for record. Um, Jayshon Tate has been. Very decent for the Houston Rockets, but they can't get wins. Yeah, and as I was saying, Anthony Edwards has 18 points a game, 4.5 rebounds, and 2.6 assists. But you got to look at what team he's on. Like, yeah, he's on the. Well, actually, in his past five games, okay, he's had 24 points against the Bucks. 27 against the Nets, only 15 against the Bulls, 
but he had 24 against the Celtics and 27 against the Pacers, and I think those numbers will only go up. Um, I very do agree with you. Um, moving on to Defensive Player of the Year. I'll let um, you say thoughts? first. I'll let you talk first. All right, I'll talk first. Um, I think the Defensive Player of the Year is Miles Turner. Um, let me check his stats real quick. Um, I believe he's actually averaging like three point nine blocks, basically four blocks. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think he's defensive player of the year. Rudy Gobert um, and Ben Simmons is up there. But you also got to acknowledge the role players like um, TJ McConnell. Um, he was the only only player, I think, in history to have a triple-double with steals. Um, you got to look at Jimmy Butler, too. He was been, He's been pretty good, too. Your thoughts? So, this makes me mad to say because I hate the 76ers, but I'm sorry, it's Ben Simmons. I I totally agree with you on that one. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins it. Because, yes, he lacks the skill to be a great shooter or even a half-decent shooter, but his defense... He has to be one of the best. He arguably is the best defending guard in the league. Yes. Now, of course, you're going to have guys. Usually centers are going to win this because, yeah, they're going to get like 50 blocks in a season. Um, If not more. Yeah. uh, I believe Chris Paul. Got like um yeah yeah sixth yeah, yeah. on the steal list or something something like that I forget who he passed I forget which exact spot he was on but uh, on the defense award uh thing still um I'm gonna bring up players that have been impressive on the defensive side this year um Drew Holiday T.J. McConnell Jimmy Butler Kawhi Leonard has been doing what he's been doing for a while. Draymond Green's been disappointing. Ben Simmons has been great. DeJounte Murray has been great. And that's basically all I got to say. Let's um, not leave out James Harden. Yeah, James Harden very did improve his um defense. 50 steals and 30 blocks. I mean, you can't argue that. Yeah, he could possibly... I'm not going to say win it because I don't think he's going to win it. Um... He could be in the race for it, but I think the race is going to be Miles Turner, Ben Simmons, and um, Rudy Gobert. And I think Miles Turner is going to win it. Yeah. Uh, what award do we go to next? Uh, we'll go to Most Improved. Okay. Uh, you go first. So, Most Improved. As a Knicks fan, I, I can't go anyone other than Julius Randle, okay? All right. Look at him. Look at last year. He he wasn't even the best on the team last year. He – and look what where he's at now. He's the number one best player on the Knicks. Number two, he's a great offensive threat inside and outside. And he's good on the defensive side of the ball, too. 
I mean, the only thing he lacks is playmaking. Yeah, really. Um, but you gotta look at what he look at what he was in New Orleans. Okay. Now look at him in New York. This year, you also gotta look at him in uh, Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. He is two, maybe even three times better than he was in both of those teams. He's an all-star. You can't argue a guy going from pretty much nothing, not nothing, but bad. Not I, w- I don't want to say bad, but d- average to an all-star. You can't, uh, you can't argue that. Um... Yeah, for most improved, I'm going to tell you three players that I wouldn't mind winning it. Number one, Bradley Bill. Number two, Zach Levine. And number three, um, Julius Randle. And to be honest with you, I have Julius Randle as well. I'm a Cavs fan, which we suck. Um, only good player we have is Colin Sexton. Um, Brad, I think it's going to go uh, Julius Randle. Uh, Bradley Bill and Zach Levine. Though I, Zach Levine has been very impressive this year. People have not been looking at him. Another player to look, uh, look at is Jeremiah Grant. I'm not gonna put him in the racing because he hasn't been effective lately. I think he might actually be injured. I'm not sure though. Um, Tobias Harris can be up there too. So I'd like to say something about Bradley Beal being in there. Yes, he could be improved. He's improved, but I don't think he's anywhere near most improved. Because what you got to look at is he was still good last year. Wasn't he an all-star last year? Um, no, he was not. Okay, but still, you can't tell me Bradley Beal hasn't been good the past two years of his career. Um, he's been really good, but he, I think he could possibly get most improved, but I think, um, um, Julius Randle deserves it. Now let's talk about, uh, six man. Six man, this is hard. It is. Um, Very, very hard. Um, you have anyone in mind? hard it's very very hard yeah because there's i'm gonna be honest there really hasn't been any standout six yeah games. i mean uh trying to think here um uh, you can make a case for lamello paul he was he was a six <laughs> man um I really don't know any standout six mans this year. I really don't. I mean, um, I'm not sure. I think Michael Porter Jr. He might be a six man, but I'm pretty sure they moved him into the starting lineup. Yeah. Um. There's really been like no six mans this year. There is a guy I do want to point out. But I don't know Ooh. if he's still a six man. Norman Powell. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and I have someone to point out in that trade with Norman Powell and Gary. Yeah. Bennett. He had 44 against my Cavs. Yeah. I... He had 44. He he went brazy mode. He had 44. Uh, I think another one, Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson, both of Utah. I think they're both very good to win it. Can't have two six man. I know that. I'm just saying they can also. Either or. Yeah, uh, and I'm Chris Boucher. Keldon Chris Johnson Boucher's another one. Keldon Shea isn't a six man. He isn't? Not anymore. I thought he was. No, I think he's actually a point guard. Boucher, a point guard? He's a center. I thought you said Shea. Chris Boucher. Boucher? Uh, yeah, he's a six man, I think. But I think they actually have uh, Gary Trent there now at six man. Okay. Um, another person I want going back to most improved. I just want to point out Lonzo Ball. Yeah, he has. Uh, he's been shooting very effective. Yeah. Um, for six man, my top three. I'll go with Keldon Johnson, Jalen Brunson, and Gary Trent. I really can't think of any six men. I have Gary Trent winning it. Yeah. I um, have Powell winning it, but I can see Trent winning it. I could see anyone winning it, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Um, going on the coach of the year, I think this is pretty obvious here. Um, Steve Nash. Yeah. Uh, him or he. Listen, Steve Nash, I think that's on lock. But I think another name you could see in the runnings is Tom Thibodeau. For sure. Look at what he did to the Knicks. The Knicks were one of the worst defending teams before he came in, and now they're one of the best. He turned yeah, I agree, but... a guy who was average into an all-star. Like, and look yeah, at really. what the Knicks were last year. They had the, what, eighth overall pick? They were one of the worst teams. And now they're a playoff team. And unless they start falling real bad, I think they can be a playoff lock. Let me just check the standings. I think unless they lose like six in a row, nothing happens. While you're checking that, I just want to point out to everyone listening to this. Um, Steve Nash might have one of the best rebuilds of all time. Think about the people he brought in. He, he he had a I think he actually had a decent part I think never mind. Um he brought in James Harden, Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge, which we received very sad news. Um he retired um today. Um yeah, and he traded away these pieces that they went to different teams and they haven't been doing nothing. Karis Levert, I know he has um he had, had problems with cancer. But he came back. He's not really doing anything. Actually, actually, um, I'd like to defer yeah. that. Uh, um, what's his name? Karis LeVert. He's been one of the best players for the Pacers. I agree, but I think the best player for the Pacers this year is Sabonis. And well, Alex yeah, Turner. of course it's Sabonis. I really do. Like, 
But you got to think of Miles Turner. He has been playing yeah. insane. The fact that he's getting four blocks a game. Yeah. Four blocks a game? Yeah. That's super impressive. Um, trying to think of something else. I'd like to talk about the Chris it. Paul situation. I- I'd just like to talk about it, okay? Because... Go ahead. So, last year, people expected OKC to be one of the worst teams. And they were in the better side of the playoffs. I mean, they were a five seed. With only yeah. Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah, and Lou Dort stepped up a little bit in the playoffs. But and, was nothing and now look season. at it. OKC has one of the worst winning percentages from last year. Like, their amount of wins last year is one of the worst compared to their amount of wins this year. And it's the opposite for Phoenix. Chris Paul makes every team he goes to better. I, I can't, playoff I can't team. tell you a team that hasn't been better when they bring in Chris Paul. I really can't either. So, that's all I have to say. Um, yeah, I think um, the Suns. And the Jazz are the two most impressive teams in the yeah, NBA definitely. this year. Definitely. I'm honestly going to bring up the Sixers, too. The fact that they're holding that number one spot over the Brooklyn Nets is I very agree. impressive. I agree. Um, they've been holding that spot for a decent, decent while, too. Give me a give me a chance to look at these standings real fast. I got it. I got it. Um, one seed. So, yes. Clippers, they're third. Lakers, they need AD or LeBron back because they're dropping down. They were just a third seed a little while ago. Denver's still holding that fourth seed. Jamal Murray got hurt, though, so I don't know. Um, Memphis, they're over Golden State in the playoffs right now. And, yeah, that's basically all, like, the West has been very surprising this year. Yeah, especially how competitive it is. And um, the surprising teams on the East are literally Philadelphia on the good side, and the Knicks for the in the Hawks. That's basically it for the good side. Disappointing teams. Oh Raptors, yeah. Raptors. Um, Pacers. Yeah. He earned the seventh seed. And yeah, the the Western Conference is so much better than the Eastern Conference. It's insane. Yeah. And that's coming from um, a fan of a Knicks fan, and I'm a Cavs fan. We're both on the East side, and we're even agreeing that the West side is. Better yeah, than I mean, the West if, side has been. If you smashed the Knicks into the West, they'd be competing for the the eight seed. There's the six seed currently, and unless they go on a bad losing streak, they will not drop below the nine seed. Like, it's almost yeah. like we're if we just keep like the Knicks are on a four game winning streak, but I'm not gonna mention that. What I'm gonna mention is if we just 
win one, lose one, win one, lose one, we'll just have a playoff spot. I mean, all that matters. Yeah, that very does. Um, One more thing I want to talk about is Russell Westbrook and his improvement this year. He could possibly be no. the most improvement. No. If, if there was the most improvement of the second half of the year, Russell Westbrook is winning that. He's averaging a triple-double. He was doing nothing at the beginning of the season, not helping out Brad Bill at all. Uh, Brad Bill was carrying. Russell Westbrook has stepped up, and he's doing better than Brad Bill right now. He's averaging 21, 10, and 10. I think it's actually 21, 11, and 10, to be exact. Um, Yeah, Russell Westbrook, he went back to his MVP haircut, and he turned into MVP caliber. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about that. But... And I think a very underrated player is Miles Bridges. I just want to point that out. I agree. Um, him and PJ Washington. Um, that's it for the NBA side of things. Unless you have any uh anything else to talk no, about? No, I do not. All right, that's it for the NBA side of things. Next episode, we'll talk about draft. Um, yeah, just. The NBA draft and um, just more stuff that's the, happening, really. The um, latest news at that moment. Um, now, on to the WWE. What is up, everyone? We are now in the WWE section, which is the last section of this episode. Um, so Wilson is gonna be leading the charge because he has all these stuff. So we need to talk about nine wrestlers were released from their contracts today from WWE. The company announced this today. WWE announced Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker, Kalisto, Bo Dallas, and Wesley Blake were all let go. I think you go first. So, a big one is Samoa Joe. He's been out with a concussion that's really never healed. And another thing is he's a former champion. He's He was, a, more importantly, a good commentator. And former NXT champion, U.S. champion. It's going to be sad to see him go. Another one, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, the Iconics or formerly known as the Iconics. I don't really care for that one. But a big one there is Tucker. Otis and Tucker, heavy machinery. They were split up, and now they release Tucker. That, that one, that that one's big in my opinion. Kalisto, part of Lucha House Party, but he's never really been it. Like, he's never really been the leader of Lucha House Party. And Bo Dallas. I mean, all of these people aren't too great, is I think the word I'm looking for. They they weren't impacting WWE besides Samoa Joe. I do agree. Um, Samoa Joe, he's probably going to go, honestly, to AEW next. Or um, Impact Wrestling. Um... Yeah, Samoa Joe's really the biggest one. He he was probably one of the best NXT wrestlers. Yeah. 
in the past ten years. Um, he was really good. He gave uh, Roman Reigns one of the biggest fights of his life. Um, yeah, that's uh basically all I have to say about him. All the other ones is, aren't too big. The biggest ones are probably Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, which you said, and uh, Bo Dallas, which Bo Dallas was only really known for when he was a part of the Miz, when he was uh, the Miz manager with Curtis Axel. But, the E-team? Um, yeah. But, and when he was a part of the uh, social outcasts with uh, Curtis Axel, Adam Rose, and Heath Slater. Yeah, um... I'm really not, I don't really care about this that much. The only one I really care about is Samoa Joe. I love Samoa Joe as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I really did. I loved him. He was an amazing wrestler. I don't, I'm not really big. I, I, I like Kalisto. He was pretty funny. I always liked the uh, high-flying people with masks like Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara. Luchadors? Yeah, Luchadors. Um, yeah, that's basically all I have to say about that. Another thing I'd like to add is the results of that triple threat match at Mania. I I know you like Roman Reigns. He's my favorite wrestler. I, I feel it could have ended in a better fashion. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. Personally, I think it would have been a better ending if Roman would have won on his own. Like, if he didn't have main event Jey Uso with him. Yeah. Um, going over WrestleMania, the match that I liked the most, honestly, was Bianca Belair winning the championship. That was a good match. Yeah, that was a really good match. And I like how it ended with uh, Bianca Belair hitting her with her hair. Uh-huh. Um, I, I love Bianca Belair. I love yeah. Sasha Banks as well. Those are probably my... Probably my two favorite um, woman wrestlers with mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley, which that match against Oscar was happy for her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I'd like to add is the result of the Fiends match. I'm a huge fan of the Fiend, but that did not end how. I don't think anyone wanted it to end. Because WrestleMania, you'd think that feud would end because it's been going on, what, for at least five months now. Mm-hmm. And it's getting old. I agree with you. I very do. Um, obviously, WrestleMania, it's probably my favorite pay-per-view with that and the Royal Rumble. Uh, Royal mm-hmm. Rumble's actually probably my favorite. Uh, pay-per-view. I don't know about you. But, um, Edge, Edge, I knew, I knew that Roman was gonna win, to be honest with you. I know it might sound a little biased because Roman Reigns is my favorite wrestler, but let's be honest here. They aren't gonna have Edge win it. Edge is a part-time wrestler with, like, John Cena, Kane, who just got in the Hall of Fame. Um, very proud for him. He was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and Daniel Bryan. Wrestler. Everyone he, knew. Everyone that watches WWE knew that Edge wasn't gonna win. 
Yeah. And Daniel Bryan, we knew wasn't going to win. We knew that Roman My thing was is, win. Daniel Bryan had already had his Cinderella story. So I didn't think he'd get another yeah. one. Which, um, that, that, that was amazing when he won them two belts. That was, that was amazing. Yeah. Um, we can talk about what was your favorite WWE WrestleMania match of all time? Of all time? Dang. Um, I really liked when the Hardys returned in WrestleMania 33. Um, I like Triple H. I, I think WrestleMania 33 is one of the best WrestleManias of all time. Not the best, but top five. Just because the Seth Rollins versus Triple H, Hardy's returning, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, But I think I'd have to say for my favorite Mania match of all time, when Kofi won it. Uh, I was going to say that too. Him and uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. To be honest with you, and... um. I'm a little biased here. Um, when Roman Reigns beat Triple H, I'm not a big fan of Triple H. Me neither. Not a big fan of Triple H. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Uh, never was, probably never will be. I think he's Triple a good H. wrestler in the ring, but I oh, never yeah. really liked him. For sure, he's a, he's a good wrestler in the ring. There's no doubt about that. Um. Me and Mason were talking about yesterday who we think the best wrestler of all time is, skill-wise. Uh, I forget who you said. Skill-wise? What do you mean by that? Like, like in the ring. In the ring. In the oh, ring. Triple H. That's who I said. Yeah, that's who you said. You said Triple H, which I said Stone Cold Steve Austin. He has the best mic skills and in-ring skills. I, I, I did go with Steve Austin for mic skills, though. Um, I think we can all agree here. Undertaker has the best legacy WWE yeah. legacy. Yeah, I don't care if you're a Hulk Hogan fan. I don't care if you're an Andre and the Giant fan. So called Steve Austin fan. I don't care. Undertaker has the big legacy in WWE history. So yeah, I think that'll. End it. Um, I'm gonna have a little bit of predictions Ooh. for Raw. Um, I think almost everyone can agree with me with this. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander is gonna split up. They, they lost to the Viking Raiders. They were very frustrated as at each other. You could tell by their facial expressions. Yeah. Yeah, and um, talking about the Viking Raiders, um, I think that they're gonna start something with AJ Styles and Omos. They're coming off uh, a big win in their books. I think they're gonna uh-huh. get a little bit ahead of themselves and go after AJ Styles and Omos. Might sound it as weird as it is, but yeah, yeah, I can agree with you on that one. Any predictions? I don't have any 
special predictions besides I think we will get to see McIntyre versus Lashley one last time. I do agree with you. I, I believe that they, that will happen in backlash. Because McIntyre never tapped out. The nope. ref just assumed he was out. Um, Another thing for backlash, I think Charlotte Flair, Asuka, and Rhea Ripley will have a triple threat match for the championship in backlash. I doubt it. I, I say it's just going to be Ripley. Really? Something along the lines as you two battle it out, winner faces me. Okay. Or uh, Adam Pierce is gonna go ahead and say that. I think, I think that Rhea Ripley beat uh, Oscar, and if Oscar beats Charlotte Flair, there, I don't, I don't believe that that will happen. I think that they're gonna have a, a triple threat match. Mm-hmm. I really do. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um. I don't know about yours. I just said mine, but. Yeah, you did say yours, so kind of stupid there. (laughs) All right, and I think that'll be it. Yeah, there isn't really much to talk about for WWE as of right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, later, later when Backlash is going to come up pretty soon. Yeah. That's when stuff will start getting interesting, this podcast about WWE. Yeah. Um, And I believe that um, Big E will go after the Intercontinental Championship again. Yeah. I believe that for SmackDown. And a funny thing was, I think everybody knows who that giant was. It was Dabakato or whoever. Yeah. Dabakato. And... and and uh, the announcers, Michael Cole, was just like, "Who, who is this? I have no clue who this is." Oh, um, yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, there was another thing I was gonna say. Um, for NXT, well, I think for the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Right now, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode have it, or Robert Roode, however you want to say his name. Um, I think that the Street Profits will get it. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, with Dion Dawkins and Montez Ford. I believe that they have potential to... Dion Dawkins? Yeah. That I, thought it was, I thought it was Angelo Dawkins. I'm thinking of the NFL player, Dion. I meant Angelo Dawkins, my bad. Yeah, personally, I think uh, the Mysterios will get it. Yeah, I believe that uh, Mysterios will be in the conversation for it. But I, I think uh, Street Profits will get it. Um, yeah. That's it for the WWE part, and that's it for the podcast, our first episode. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening if you made it all the way through. And. Later on in the podcast episodes, we will be talking about AEW. It's just I'm now starting to watch AEW. Yes. Go MJF. He's better than you, and you know it. Bye.